0: And there's no real reason to do it. Like, you know, they're not making any money or anything out there. They're not building any real skill. You know, they're just throwing a baseball around. They're just living life. And I just felt like this joy. And then I felt kind of pathetic as if that's what's gonna do it for me,
1: I need to make some Old changes. man. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's of God. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. just to have these moments of joy that you get a kick out of something. And we're not, not supposed to enjoy those things. Hey, this is Matt Hook, the shepherd of the shepherd and the shrink. And I wanted to thank you for listening. And I would love if you want to continue to be able to hear good content like this to go on patreon.com, the shepherd and the shrink. And that's us. We would love your support, whether it's $5 a month or $20 a month. It's really valuable and can help us out. Thanks. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology. Or
0: mental health meets spirituality.
1: Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Hey, thanks everybody for helping sponsor us on Patreon. Thanks so much for uh, your involvement, your emails, your comments, your likes, your posts, your sharing. That's a really big deal. One thing that happened, you know, our first season is out of date, but some people haven't gotten off of that. Make sure that you look for the blue logo on Apple Podcasts or every other site, that it's new episodes that are still coming out. Marty. Matt. Your back is feeling better. Your back. With us,
0: I'm back with you. Um, okay. Back to normal, I think.
1: Yeah, whatever that means. Whatever that means. Exactly. It's a moving target. <laughs> it is, and you know what? We're in the middle of this series, and I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is good. Good idea.
1: The idea of we are in a, a crisis of identity in our country and in our lives and our kids' lives. Or it's just kind of insane. And, and we broke it down two weeks ago, we talked about, we have been handed an identity of, of this, you are a consumer. Mm-hmm. And all that that means for us. And then last week, I was able to talk about what does it mean? Because we've been handed to us over the centuries. Now you are a spectator, experiencing life secondhand. And today I'm really, interested in what you have to think about this topic we are taught to be we are looking through the lens of being self-focused individuals
0: yes yeah and um i think that you're getting kind of at the heart of what's going on with this mental health crisis too when you say
1: that say more
0: well the self-conscious emotions like we were promised that by being wonderful And, um, you know, going through the me generation of the 70s and um, this focus on it's you, you're the most important thing. Paradoxically, that causes us to suffer, right? It sounds kind of good on the surface, like, oh, yeah, take good care of yourself and all that stuff. But it's quite the opposite. And I think Christianity holds the promise of getting us out of that if we're inclined to follow it. Not just say we follow it or not just want to follow, it, but really study it, understand and be with other Christ followers, because it's a remedy, I think, an antidote
1: mm-hmm.
0: to the self-centeredness, because the self-conscious emotions are really painful. And the ones I'd like to focus on today, if we have time, is the pride and the shame and the guilt, because those wow. are at the center of a lot of what I treat in terms of depression and anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into the issue and the reality of where we are, because to say, oh, we're self-focused individuals doesn't mean a lot. But as I did some research and I found a couple of funny things too, I was wanted to start up by saying this, a really obnoxious person is one who spends so much time talking about himself that you can't talk about yourself. (laughs) You know, there's ads that say, be your own rock. You know, I saw a t-shirt once that said, I'm my own role model.
0: That's a, that's a, that's terrible advice. It, it, it is. It's terrible advice. The self-esteem movement. I think we've abandoned it now, but it was a disaster. It was an absolute
1: disaster. Yeah. People made a lot of money coming up with those slogans.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, like a lot of things, you know, it goes down pretty easy, but it's got a hook in it, right? A barb. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's definitely one. I mean, think about when you're at your best, Matt, it's, it's, it's when you're kind of free.
1: You forget about yourself.
0: You forget about yourself. And if you're forgetting about yourself, because look, we, something has to be conscious, right? So if we take this um, narrowing focus of attention, which is on ourselves, uh, what do people think about uh, me? You know, how's my status? How did I do? How do I look? That's pretty narrow, hmm. given how big God's universe is, yeah. right? But where will our focus go? That's a, That's an important, it's going to go somewhere. That goes away from ourselves, where is it going to go? I think that's a good question to reflect on.
1: You know, it's interesting. Our self-focus has impacted us so much in how we think, how we see ourselves, how we live. Even in Christian worship, after the worship revolution of all these new songs and choruses being written, starting in the mid-1990s, I made a list of them one time, and this list is probably 10 years old now, but I dug it up and listened to... How many songs in the catalog, the title of the praise chorus and the hymns even, start with the letter I. I am thine, O Lord. I believe in Jesus. I can see. I could sing of your love forever. I exalt thee. I give my all. I give you my heart. I have decided. I love thy kingdom, Lord. I love you, Lord. I need you more. I see the Lord. I stand in awe. I walk by faith. I will call upon the Lord. I will celebrate. I will magnify him. I will enter his gates. I will sing praise. I will sing unto the Lord. I will worship. I would be true. I'd rather have Jesus. I'm going to sing, sing, sing. In my life, Lord, be glorified.
0: I, I, I.
1: I know the eyes have it.
0: Yeah. So there's some interesting research on this too, where we look at depressed people and their correspondences, their emails, and um, that uh, a depressed person is far more likely to use the pronoun I. That's right. So it correlates positively with uh, depression, that, that that self-centered focus. Now, this is a bit paradoxical, too, because we don't want to confuse what we're going to be talking about with low self-esteem, because low self-esteem is what? It's self-reflective. Right. So you're committing to actual error
1: you think you're being humble, but you're just making it all about yourself and how bad you are at whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And about. where's my status? Yeah. Right? Um, You know, uh, so it is an over-concern with status um, and how am I doing and evaluating the self-conscious emotions involve self-evaluation and a reflection on self. Mm-hmm. They're going to be people who it's going to take time to get into this, to open up this topic, because on the surface, it sounds potentially kind of uh, mean or yeah, um, um, but not at all. Like, um, it, how are children? You know, so we enter the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. We have to be like a child. I think that that's what I mean. Look at how how children tend to be unless they've been abused or neglected. And then, you know, and that's what happens when with traumatized children is they learn to be over-focused on self because they're getting criticized, yelled at, and then they learn to watch themselves or hollered at for making just little kid mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? And then that causes an over-focusing on on the self and self-evaluation and comparison with others.
1: Mm -hmm. I see that a lot. And you look at that, you said self-evaluation, look at the amount of the modifier that self is self-esteem, self-image, self-actualization, self, esteem, self, image, self, self, self aggrandizing. concept, self-aggrandizing, self-help, self-service. Those are all new words in the English language mm-hmm, within interesting. the last 50 years.
0: Yeah, that's a good observation.
1: It's like we're just led to fly solo because because of this.
0: It used to be, I think, selfish, and that was the opposite of a virtue. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now there's a glorification of of that almost.
1: It's almost as though we've only got so much attention, so I might as well focus it on myself Yeah. rather than on other people or on you. And we're just that messed up. This identity crisis is that. You know, it's not from nowhere. If you go back, and you know I love to study cultures and things Mm -hmm. like that. Here's our history lesson for the day. In the 14th century, so the 1300s, You can see it in the art and in the language. In some ways, we as human beings began trading spaces with God. Europe rediscovered the ancient humanistic writings of the Greeks and the Romans, and that was called the Renaissance. That was a part of the Renaissance. And in the Renaissance, the individual became more important than God, more important than community, and what matters most. You can see it in the gradual shift of the art and the writings. 300 years after that, during the Enlightenment with the rise of democracy, humanism became a belief, humanity's belief in humanity. And it was this optimistic time of progress and reason and freedom in the writings, at least, and in the culture. And it became contagious. And. The idea is we're under this oppressive thumb of god you know that's pinning mm-hmm. us down and we can be our own person we're free to do as we see fit we can live for ourselves our responsibilities were shifted from people's rights to individuals rights and then along comes romanticism which basically says the same thing you know american let you remember emerson and mm-hmm. thoreau and mm-hmm. Walt Whitman, they said, I have no need of others. I have everything within me that I need. And my heart is the final authority.
0: That's a dangerous thought that, that, that we're seeing, I, I think, come to fruition, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the pride and arrogance, especially around these politics, because that's become the religion. I mean, we have a religious instinct. That's just how it is. We are all every culture you study cultures ha- have this. OK, now that instinct's going to exist no matter what that that impulse if we remove it from the highest thing which is defined as the highest good it's gonna go somewhere and i think it's gone into politics right now Mm
1: -hmm. everybody worships something even the non-religious people worship something whatever's number one whatever's most important to them the problem is some of us have some really bad gods yeah yeah
0: um and also but but the idea is what's the highest good Okay. What is the highest thing? What's the most important thing we need to, we can't avoid hierarchy. You just can't. I mean, right now there's a hierarchy, isn't there? You and I have decided what's the most valuable thing to do. Right. That's why I'm not wandering off like a puppy. You know? Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm focused on this. We focus on the high, highest thing. So it's unavoidable. People who think that they're not religious need to carefully think through what we're talking about when we say that when we talk about a a religion, we like to think that we're above religion, but then that becomes the all encompassing thing. So now you've just put yourself at the top of the hierarchy with your humanism. And now you can contain all these things and, and you're in the superior position.
1: That's what I mean. It's on. Yes. Gosh, that's an amazing image to think about. You know, we have a running joke here at at our church. I'm pastor at Dexter Methodist church. And, and it's this, if you're here visiting us and you are, against organized religion, you're in a good place because we're just not that organized. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the results of our self-focus, I can name some and I want you to jump in. I'm all Mm -hmm. the company I need. And I think what I see is that we lack very little meaningful contact with other people.
0: Yeah, let me underscore that because we've talked a lot in this podcast about how um, dangerous and painful loneliness is. And that sort of thinking is encouraging that.
1: And, and you know, a lot of Americans say one of the big needs is I don't even know my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say America, despite what it looks like on the map, America is a bunch of islands.
0: You're right. You know, those guys that own the gas station, you know, Amir and Eamon? Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to Amon because they're from Jordan, And his mother came over here, and I think it was like three weeks and she left. And the reason she left is she says, nobody knows you, you don't even know your neighbors here. Nobody even talks to each other. We're in these little islands like Simon and Garfield, Glamour Rock, right? Yeah. You know
1: it's amazing. And all of our technology is so we don't have to know our neighbors
0: so t- talk about heaven a little bit because you you pointed this out. You made a good observation it's like a banquet. It's the yeah. celebration. And, and when I had those dreams about my dad, when he died, I had two of them. And um, I don't have dreams like this. We talked about it on the podcast. I forget which episode. Um, So, so listen to them all folks. If you're interested in this, <laughs> just binge now. <laughs> and it was, at a, it was a banquet. It involved lots of people at ease with one another. There was food. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the image of heaven. And and you say that that's what, and, and, you know, Christ says the kingdom of heaven is like,
1: yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say it's like a bunch of clouds and you float around with a harp. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet where there's a place for everybody. It's, it's like a wedding feast, you know, it's like Thanksgiving dinner where everybody gets along and everybody's glad to see each other. And, and it's not about any one person. It's about, it's about the focus of God. But isn't that
0: good church? Isn't that just a remembrance? Mm-hmm. every once or twice a week at least where we're we supposed to act to that out. It. Yes, act it out exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like we're preparing. We're we're you know when when Jesus said in the Lord's prayer that he taught his disciples, "Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." In other words, we're supposed to see these heavenly values, these heavenly virtues, these heavenly ways of seeing yes. things. And we're supposed to live that out now like it's already here. Yes. It, it already broke in with Jesus.
0: As above below. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's exactly
0: it. Which means that, see, now this is where the paradox kind of comes in. Because um, yes, you are focused on being Christ like and bringing the kingdom down, yet there's an expansion of attention not a narrowing of attention right um you know when people critique church as if like well how did you what do you think about this or as if we're, that's a consumerism right um well i don't really like the music or something like that right I, right then I, I think we're missing the point now you ought to go where you feel the spirit move okay
1: you want to go where you sense something where you are you are getting fed spiritually and yeah. where you see how you can feed others
0: yeah that but see the second part is is not emphasized enough because doesn't it feel it just feels good to um to to help someone relieve suffering even by just l- giving attention attention is really valuable like anyone listens to podcasts, i mean we're very grateful to you because there's so much competition that you would give us your attention you know we remember to to, to thank you for that that's mm-hmm. very valuable to people. And it frees us because we're not self-conscious. We're, we're other conscious (laughs) and and I don't, I love's not a self-conscious emotion.
1: No, it's, it's going out. And, and that may be the answer to this identity crisis because what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me. And so I focus more on me. It's, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm swimming in a culture that's making me sick and our culture's answer, Hollywood's answer, the world's answer is we'll swim some more, take some more in.
0: Yes. Be wonderful, be wonderful. And if yeah. you're wonderful enough, and you position yourself up high enough, and you elevate yourself, so you're you're, you're noticed above, you're going to feel um, what you want to feel. Yeah. No, it gets it gets worse. So so, so let's bad. talk. Can we talk just a little bit about humility? Because for, for preface it with this. I don't understand the logic when people say, oh, look at me. I'm talking about humility. That's not humble. Sure it is. We can talk about weight loss and be overweight and we can talk about depression and having suffered for it. So no one's making a claim, but we do want to see humility as a virtue that we ought to aim toward, Mm -hmm. right? So I think it's okay to talk talk about, about humility because Christianity is the way of humility. Right don't don't you, don't you think so the 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 best relief i got was to be freed from my preoccupation with social status you know what i mean am i being a failure it was such a relief to not think about myself that much and have the confidence that there's something greater than me something above me that i can go and conform try to conform to
1: yeah right oh totally i think our preoccupation with ourselves has made us helpless. And humility is the opposite of preoccupation with yourself. So if you are feeling helpless, maybe one of the things to look at is how preoccupied am I with myself with my circumstances with my ailments with my family with my reactions to everything. If I am so preoccupied with myself, I am in a helpless state. Yes. And so for you to begin this uh, opening us up to what is humility. Humility is not being preoccupied with yourself. It's not worrying about how humble I am. It's not doing anything about that. It's forgetting about myself. Yes, Qu-
0: quite the opposite. A little list to describe it so we can agree on what we're yeah concept. So y- there is a low concern for status in a humble person, right? Kind of just glad to be there rather than wanting to be above something or some others on the hierarchy. It's also owning our limitations. It was a great relief uh, for me um, to, to know that I'm small and I can't do very much really. I have a little sphere of influence, right? My neighborhood a little bit, my house a little bit, but it's hubris to think that I would have even aspire to the power to do great things by myself. So it's, 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 it's so it's not, you know, taking shots at ourselves or punching down on ourselves. It's just being very, very honest about our, our, our limitations, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I look at the idea of how limited we are and a lot of people want to reinvent themselves. And if I'm so self-absorbed, I can decide I want a whole new life. I can up and leave my family. I can leave my job. I can leave my spouse. Why not leave myself if I'm preoccupied with myself, who I am becomes this thing I can negotiate. Yes. It's, I want it when I want it, what I want.
0: Do you think that the the concept of repentance or the activity of repentance plays into that because it's a way toward humility? So it's not that we hate ourselves or that we want to judge ourselves or be the punisher, but it is saying like, look, I'm a human being and this is really hard. I do have my limitations and I ought to be honest with myself about that. Yes, I do judge people sometimes. Yes, I have been selfish in the past and sometimes I'm selfish in the past, but there's no condemnation in it though. That's the important part, you know? So the repentance isn't um, self-flagellation so much. It's just accepting our limitations as human beings so we can move beyond.
1: I love that. It's It's an opportunity for freedom.
0: It, it is. It's so freeing. That's what I want to say. It's. It. 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 It doesn't confine at all.
1: It would be like me going to the doctor, and and what I really need is something having to do with my stomach. But instead, all I'm doing is preoccupied with showing the doctor my arm. My arm is fine. <laughs> Look at my arm is fine. <laughs> it is. If, right. if I'm not willing to repent of where the the illness is. Of where the disease is in my life, yeah, I'm never gonna be free from it. I'm never going to experience that health again.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's where the hope lies, mm-hmm. right? Because hope is that one thing that will drive us forward when we're suffering. Hope is um, projecting a future that isn't awful, right? A promising future and and that's the christian see this is christian psychology all of this is baked into the rituals the language right? before
1: before yeah. you came to faith as you are experiencing it now uh-huh. did your training in psychology and working on your doctorate did they talk about hope
0: yeah that's a great question so as a reaction to Freudian psychoanalysis, there was what was called humanistic psychology. Now, there's a difference between humanistic psychology and humanism, right? Humanism is that first thing that you were talking about earlier in the podcast. You know, I am the solution, right? That sort of thing. So humanistic psychology was different in that, in that it did allow for transpersonal experiences, religion, and all that sort of stuff. So I was inclined toward that because I was looking for something outside. It didn't help me that much, I'll tell you that because there's something beyond psychology that's that's important to human beings okay and i didn't know that but you know you get a little bit of relief here and there a little bit but it didn't doesn't solve your problem
1: it was a breakthrough for you Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and a lot of the spirituality was that self-focused sort of thing you know what i mean of like let me have wonderful experiences which in christianity we're actually the strongest tradition that i see is we warn against those you know, uh, pre last and all those things, like don't get too caught up in these wonderful experiences. That's not your purpose here. And you don't know where they're coming from for one thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Test the spirits.
0: Yeah. Test the spirits. Right. And and we know what the test is. We know what we're evaluating against. Those are the fruits of the Holy spirit. And I don't know that these wonderful experiences like help us that much because I don't know that that leads me to be more loving, more patient, more kind, or have more
1: self-control or anything like that. Uh, Isn't that interesting? The mm -hmm. idea of this preoccupation with ourselves, that's part of this identity that we've been handed. It breeds a preoccupation with pleasure.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 It's hedonistic, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Whatever makes me happy is by definition, right. And worthwhile. It's the greatest good, this pursuit of happiness or the purchase of happiness going back to week one of the identity series. Mm -hmm. It's like this inalienable, right. And it's my favorite free time activity. Never mind that half the trouble comes from me wanting my own way. Mm-hmm. But it also means if I'm aiming at pleasure, because I'm preoccupied with myself, it means I'm avoiding pain to seek pleasure if it feels good. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good because here's what I'm
1: Not signed it, up it, it, for. Yeah. Right.
0: I signed up for, I, I, I want to learn how to carry my cross because life is is tough and there is v- certainly things that will hurt you out there. Yeah. And, and to be wise, so I, it's not to avoid suffering, it's to learn how to suffer and get through the suffering. Now that sounds bleak to people who don't understand, but like I said there's Christianity's full of paradox.
1: Well the fact right. is you're going to be a slave to something. You can be a slave to your quest for pleasure, you can be a slave to your your self-focused life that you think you want, but well, I think what God would say to this is depend on me. Let me be in control. The pride that keeps us on our own, self-focused, stands in the way. It's, it's not just standing in the way. It's at odds with God's calling. God says a life wrapped up in yourself is no life at all. Yeah. No one can be subject. Jesus said no one can be subject to two kings at the same time you know, you're going to have to choose.
0: Yeah. And um, the one he was talking about when he described that is the one that's being worshiped the most here, which is mammon. Yeah. Which is that wealth and power and status that that's where mobility. Yeah. That's where redemption comes through, through those things. And, and, and you and I know enough people to know that, yeah, you know, money's a nice to have, doesn't solve your problems. Sometimes more money, more problems, even, um,
1: You know, it's interesting because God's message, Jesus said, like this main message um, that he started out with is is coming to Christ means we relinquish control to God. Jesus said this, and this is a direct quote. If anyone would come after me, he or she must deny themselves and take up their cross daily, which is like dying to yourself, the cross. If anyone would come after me, he or she must deny themselves take up the cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. He said that a few different times. I'm quoting here from Luke chapter nine, verse 23 and 24. I'm starting to deny myself when I pray, Lord, Lord, I'm bound by my desire to serve myself, change me and help me focus on you and on other people. And what the amazing thing is this kickback that happens.
0: Yeah. And, and Paul calls himself a slave to Christ. Yeah, Because you're right. You're going to serve uh, something that's called attention. Where is your attention, folks? Fo- so what I've been trying to do in my practice is this, because we so easily get caught up into the world because we're bombarded, like we talked about last two podcasts ago. So many of these messages are trying to drag us down. And you ever see that icon of the ladder of uh, ascent? Where the saints are climbing the ladder and then um, you've got these angels helping up and then but you've also got these demons dragging some of them down. That's every single day. Right, right. So how do I focus my attention. Right, one of the practices. So most of the day, like Paul says, pray ceaselessly. So how do we even get close to praying ceaselessly? You know, I've got to order, um, you know, from Wendy's or something. I get how am I praying there? Right. But what we can do is we have these things, these rituals, and these and prayer is the foundation of it. Right. To to remind us that no, you only think you're um, in the um, profane. There is a sacred and we bring them together. We're in the middle of this. So there is the sacred and there's the profane. And then there's man, m- m- humankind. Mm-hmm. And what we're supposed to be doing here is bringing that down into that, right. into
1: into the world. That's the prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth.
0: Yes. And then we live in a different kingdom. We have a different ruler. We have different um, rules that we follow, Right different attitudes, different values. We live in a different kingdom. We don't have the allegiance to the world.
1: Practically, to me, it's this. If I let God take care of my identity, I can enjoy myself so much more. I look at everything else differently, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. When my number one source of identity is God, and then everybody else around me is not a means to an end. Instead of treating everybody like, what can I get from you to fill my pleasure Yes, you know, needs or my whatever needs, we need to be affirmed. We need to be accepted. But when we get how great God's love for us is, that love delivers us from the need to use others to meet our deep needs that are beyond any human's ability to reach. Yeah. In other words, I enjoy myself so much more when I forget about myself and I'm like, God, you're in charge. This is hilarious. What the heck's going on? <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm with you on that for sure. I do want to say the problem with pleasure, because it's not obvious, is that it actually is tied to the pain centers of the brain too, right? So what happens is we get this excitement that we chase, and it's usually the chase, by the way. Do you know what I mean? It's that rush of, oh, the promise of a end of the suffering, at least as long as this banana split lasts, right?
1: Right, right.
0: But once it's gone, you're not satisfied, right? You have to chase the next pleasure. And then, so that goes, so with our ending, yes. And with all the powerful things, intoxicants, sex, you know, uh, but I tell people who are trying, they want to date now. But the attitudes that I have say you're 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 on your way to failure here because you seem to think that you're going to meet this person and you're chasing excitement, you know, like I didn't the spark, they'll call it a spark or you get the butterflies or whatever like that. That's excitement. That's not love in the way that we understand it in Christianity. Love is something more stable than that. It's a sense of well-being and doesn't have high highs and low lows usually, right? That Mm -hmm. is far more preferable than, um, oh my God, because how long do you think that's going to last? Oh, I can't. I'm writing stupid poetry because I met you, and I'm. um, I think about you all the time, and we're texting all the time. How really? If that's what you're in it for, how long do you think that's going to last? Yeah. A relationship is is carrying your cross because it's all about sacrifice. Just like having children, it's the value in it is that it's not about you at all. It's about can you learn to sacrifice? Yeah. Can you start focus on someone else and their needs and then find the joy in that? But, but
1: mm. see,
0: see how it's a trap and the way that these dating apps are set up, it, it, it sets the trap for you because there's always somebody else. All I got to do is find one little flaw in this date, yeah.
1: right? That swipe we just flat, had, swipe right,
0: so. right. And, and what am I missing out on? There's so many more. How do I know for sure that you're enough? Do I, how am I going to commit to that when I haven't even um, gone through the other 25 people?
1: If our focus is on ourselves, we are doomed. Mm -hmm. It's like an endless treadmill of that. And we're never going to get there. And when we get there, we realize how empty it is when it's all about us. Yeah. You know, that's, I want to push back a little bit. Sure. Uh, I love your caution about the word pleasure, Mm -hmm. but I want to say in this discussion where we're talking about this identity crisis of self-absorbed individuals This is not a discussion to deny us from the great pleasures of living. The highest pleasures, though. Yeah. I mean, there can be great pleasure in walking on a beach. Anything that gets us to forget about ourselves. You can collect rocks. And if you are into your rock collection for a time, that is a reflection of just the creativity of God in that. You know, if you're enjoying music for a time, just enjoy yourself and forget about yourself and soak that in. And that is such a good reminder that God does have your best in mind. So there's it's like there's good pleasures and there's like the pursuit of pleasure to meet my need.
0: Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to contrast. I, I would rather use the word excitement because that seems to be the thing that people are chasing right now. Like we are so addicted to dopamine mm. and, and and the marketers know that and the politicians are now using the tools of marketing to do this. Uh, so I, I'm more contrasting it with this. Look, Here's what feels good. I can relax because I have peace okay and that peace i would describe as a sense of well-being it's absent of the fear of the future right but it's not the strong you know drive towards a future it's gratitude and that i'm the, the collecting the rocks and being on the beach is that you know what i'm satisfied by this i don't want to escape this at all this is so the yes but we have to be careful because pleasures reinforce and then, and then as they reinforce, they become habits. And then as they become habits, they can become addictions. So we need to make sure that we're very clear about what is the highest thing, right? But be careful where we pursue and seek pleasure.
1: Yeah. It's not all the same. Mm-hmm. And some of it's genuinely good. A walk in the woods is mm-hmm. a great thing to do. It's a healthy thing to do. It's not about you. It's about your wonder in this thing that you enjoy.
0: Yeah, there's, we, we were texting about that this morning, because I really missed that when I moved my office, I didn't realize how much I would miss that. But just us being on that trail out there, through the seasons, watching them change. All the weather. Uh, you run into someone that you, you know, and things like that. It feels, uh, you know, connected uh, in that, you know, there is this thing. What I learned uh, a while back, I thought, and tell me what you think of this idea. The things that tend to satisfy us the most are not human created.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're the things that God created. Like what you, look at what you mentioned, you didn't mention some sort of technology or something that gives you pleasure. You mentioned the things that have been here long before we've been and they'll be here after, you know, um, the, the, the things of, of, of nature, because even when I ask people what they want, it usually comes down to the things that God created. So, well, I want to travel more. Okay, well, why? let's get to the essence of it. Why do you want to travel more? It's not that you love the plane flight so much or the novelty. You want to spend time with a human being, which God created other human beings. You want to see other things that God created. It really isn't about, you know, the museums and the restaurants and things like that. Those are little diversions, but yeah. Have you found that you know the things that really give us satisfaction or
1: totally yes. I think well people fascinate me uh-huh. and the idea of being made in the image of God I mean there's something absolutely amazing about people there's this dignity to them this is captivating it's creativity it's resourcefulness and I think it comes from the creation story being made in the image of God but we get in trouble when we forget the second half of the creation story that man and woman rebelled against God. Now we're stained, we're wrecked and pleasure itself that God designed for good can become an end in and of itself to feed our insatiable appetites and no part of us is unaffected.
0: What are the obstacles, Matt, to to this, to that freedom that you're describing that, you know, you felt it before I felt it, I can't live there all the time, but you go up to the mountain, you got to come down. But at least I've had some peak experiences, what Maslow would call peak experiences, right? That were spiritual. So at least I know it's out there. What gets in my way? What gets in your way? What, what are the obstacles? You know, I've got an idea, but I want to know what you think.
1: Yeah. I think I get in my way more than anything. Anybody else gets in my
0: way. Uh, Yeah. And it is the self-conscious emotions and some of it is shame. Okay, that's that's a big one there, which means okay, now I am overly concerned with my status. Not because you're a bad person or you're arrogant, because a lot of times this comes from trauma, right? You were so mistreated, but maybe bullied by a parent or other people, and so then that causes us to be overly focused on ourselves. But shame is uh, judgment and Mm -hmm. self-contempt, right? And if we're gonna follow the way, we don't do that to anybody. least of all ourselves. I mean, look how available we are to ourselves. We want to practice that. There's no end to the opportunities.
1: I love that. I love that. I think what gets in the way when I say I get in the way more than anything is whatever makes me forget about God and become so preoccupied with myself, with my next hit, with my next pleasure, Mm -hmm. with the pursuit of something, there's nothing wrong with having goals. There's nothing wrong with creativity. There's nothing wrong with pleasure, but it, if, if pleasure is what opens our eyes to the goodness of God, you know, but the minute we start seeking pleasure for pleasure's sake, ple- you can't go after pleasure. You go after things that you enjoy and yes. pleasure is like the byproduct
0: yes, of doing exactly. something
1: good. But the problem is we're messed up. We've got this inner flaw in us, the second half of the creation story. So that we're like, well, forget about this other thing. Just go for that pleasure. Remember how good that tasted. Remember how good mm-hmm. that experience was. Let's just go for that and try to repeat that. And then it becomes like old news and you need more and more and more of a hit in order to achieve whatever that original pleasure was. That's the problem. I think, you know, if you want to say Satan or evil or our selfishness takes our eye off of God. And my curiosity about the rocks on the beach last week. Mm-hmm when that was actually brought me closer to god just because i was forgetting about myself i was amazed at the creation i was amazed i was laughing at myself that i'm you know grabbing these rocks that are so beautiful because i just there's something about it that was just really cool on the beach of lake michigan
0: i think that beauty plays a role in the things that satisfy us too i'm not the only one who's had this thought this is another maslow thing that that, that if we miss because one thing that i know is because i deal with a lot of suffering and you want to do that because you want to relieve suffering and, and and be useful while you're here but if, if if it gets too out of balance and and i don't see beauty because i had a moment where i felt some joy and it reminded me that i hadn't felt joy in a long time Right. Cause we'd go into the COVID lockdowns and blah, 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 you know, the cancers and all that stuff that I was dealing with. And then, you know, people suffering and that I'm trying to help them with. And here's what it was Vets Park, you know, you know mm-hmm. where that is in Chelsea. Cause yeah, I, I, I park over there and then walk to my building. I just saw these kids throwing a baseball. And that was, I guess, symbolic enough to remind me of all of that freedom and play that I had and just, and there's no real reason to do it. Like, you know, they're not making any money or anything out there. They're not building any real skill. You know, they're just throwing a baseball around. They're just living life. And I just felt like this joy. And then I felt kind of pathetic as if that's, what's going to do it for me, I
1: need to make some old changes. man. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's how, you know, it's of God, Uh huh. you know, yeah. just to have these moments of joy that, you get a kick out of something and we're not not supposed to enjoy those things.
0: Let me ask you this, because I I think this is an interesting question I've asked people and there's a theme that that emerges. OK, give me an image of what you recall as like the best time of your life. OK, a composite, so, so to speak. So it doesn't have to be an actual episodic event, you know, memory or anything like that. But just set, you know, paint that picture for me.
1: For me thanksgiving dinner at my folks with everybody coming in and we play football outside and there's the barn and the kids are running around and playing hide and seek or kick the can and the food is amazing and everybody's cracking up at each other that's one another one is summer after ninth grade had this great group of friends that were sort of just decided to be friends it wasn't like we all played basketball and it was guys and girls and when three or four of them would ride up to your house as you're finishing dinner with your mom and dad and say, Hey, grab your bike. We're going on a road rally. We just rode over to the next kid's house and picked them up. And we ended up at a park with a Frisbee or somebody's house for lemonade or something like that, until all the streetlights went on. And then we all rode our bikes home. Just this being included being invited, like somebody stopping by my house to see if I was home. And if I could go hang out, that to me is a natural high. Another one is um, doing back handsprings down the sleeping bear's sandings, That's a natural physical high of a feeling like you're flying and, and just enjoying yourself not to show off or anything, but because it's something you can do and you, you love to do it. And it's just kind of a neat thing. Those are three that come to mind.
0: Well, all of those fit the pattern because I, I haven't asked you this before. Have I mm-hmm. that question? Cause I, cause I do ask people this cause I, I want to know it involves play Whatever that is, right? Doing it just for the sake of the joy in it. It's intrinsic. You don't get any payoff from it. It involves people and belonging, right? So that kick the can thing, I've heard that before. That's one of mine. That's an old game. I used to play that. I remember the same things. Uh, One person, it was, um, well, we used to take the bus and we would just hang out at the pool. So you don't have all this time pressure. There's no status involved, Right there's no you know you're not like chasing the next thing that you know but it it does involve and that's why I liked what you told me about the um you know what heaven is like what not what heaven is what heaven is like
1: that's what Jesus says it's like he would know yeah you think you know
0: if I was gonna ask somebody it would be him
1: it'd be him yeah. this conversation has really taken an interesting turn because mm-hmm. when we are so focused on ourselves basically what we're doing is we're trying to like cram as much pleasure we become preoccupied with pleasure but when we open ourselves up to god there's a whole level of pleasure that that is so good that we can't just get if we're focused on ourselves so it's almost like we're letting god redefine your pleasure and your pain instead of as being a pleasure-seeking individualist i realize something that doesn't make sense and it's this not all pleasure is good not all pain is bad Much of what gives us pleasure is bad, is what you were saying. Because, you know, we go down all the wrong paths. But sometimes what gives us pain is actually for our good as well. And that requires a level of faith, I think. God uses our struggles with sin or our losses, our hardships, to deepen our faith, to develop our character. Scripture says we rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. That's Romans 5, starting in verse 3.
0: I just heard it last night.
1: Wow. I was, yeah, That's crazy. I heard
0: that last night.
1: So it's like God redefines the categories of pleasure.
0: Absolutely. I mean, man, I wish that that I had a, another way of saying that uh, because that's exactly what I know exactly what you're talking about there. And it's not conforming to the patterns of the world. There, there The most you'll get is a moment of excitement out of that. And then you have to chase it again. There's no long term satisfaction in that at all. Yet we do it like a dog returning to its vomit. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's hard. That's why these practices are like so important. To remind us, okay, this isn't the ultimate reality. This is an illusion. These things that I think are important right now, if they're worldly things, it's a fool's errand to chase those.
1: That's so good. And it's so real.
0: The other thing about your images, about what that idyllic time is, um, in order to play... With someone, you know what I mean? Kick the can, whatever, like that. You have to be free. And in order to be free, you have to trust. And our trust of one another with this tribalism that's happening right now. I've never seen it before, what I've seen in the last six years, where people are afraid to tell you what they think, this judgment uh, that'll that'll come to you. And um, I don't think I'm an evil person, but if I say this, you'll think I'm an evil person. Right, So right. I'm not going to say that. And now that's very self-centered. The idea that I would know how to run, you know, governments or things like that, or how to solve You know, hunger, I can do a little bit and I try to do as much as I can, but that's like the height of hubris that you have a view of the world. And I get so angry at you for having that view that I want to publicly castigate you uh, on a thread, on a Facebook thread. I mean, how absolutely arrogant that is.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world is designed to be that. Look at the people in front of Congress right now, these whistleblowers, for Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook.
0: Tell me this, though. Did you see this? Because two people told me this, but I can't find it. Did Mark Zuckerberg make a statement saying, look, we're in all of these countries and this only happens in America? Did he say something like that? Because two people separately said that that he made that statement.
1: I have not heard that.
0: Okay. Because I can't find it either, but God knows what.
1: I've just heard that the actual real science from a psychological from a personal standpoint, is against our children's health.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, this is this is a a, a evil I wasn't aware of because I got excited about it because early on it was nice. It was it was all about you know um, cute cuddly kittens and you know vacations and happy stuff and making somebody laugh. And then what happened? Jonathan Haidt looked at this um, and did this research. It was the like button. It was it was the like button because now we judge right now here comes the judgment. And then, and then we're, uh, we're so just, Oh, I want to get that like those likes. And so uh, the more outrageous I am, the more, um, you know, Mm -hmm. attention I'm getting and then I can calm down because I feel like I've got the numbers and I'm self-righteous now. This is so spiritually dangerous. What's happening with social media.
1: Well, and the social media completely backs up our topic of being self-absorbed or self-focused individuals.
0: Yeah, they've done the the um, research too. There's research on the selfies. Like, remember the duck lips? I don't know if they're still doing that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But like, what? Is, look, there's always an intent, right? There's always, every time we move, we're motivated by something, right? There's always an intent. So what does it mean if I'm trying to, yeah, I put a filter on and I do the duck lips? <laughs> yeah. What am I trying to uh, portray to you? Look at me. I don't know. Look at how pretty I am or something. I'm focused know.
1: on myself. You should be too.
0: Yeah. So then what, what, what they look at is like the more narcissistic the person, the more likely they are to do that.
1: Interesting. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. God's got such a great response for that. What? Forget about yourself. Find your value in me. Yeah. Don't look to other people to meet needs in your heart that they were never designed to meet. Even your wife or your husband, your kids or your parents, they make good people, but they make terrible gods. Yes. Very good. Let yourself be ministered to by God, by his spirit with you. Let yourself find the joy in living. And even the funny goofy stuff that you love because you just do. And don't go after that as an end, but go after God and see what he throws in. Mm-hmm. If we keep first things first, God's going to throw in second things. But if we put second things first, we won't get first things or second things. Yeah, C.S. Lewis said that.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good, insightful observation. I like what Paul said, which is like, you know, what I care, what people think about me. Because, um, you, know, t- <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even judge myself. That yeah. got my tension. That's shame and anxiety too. Anxiety is a self conscious emotion. Am I under threat in some way um, of embarrassment or judgment or losing some status mm-hmm. or whatever? We can go through life without judging ourselves. But you know, what's the opposite? I guess it's acceptance, right? Which means I'm going to just take reality the way it is right now. And I don't know if it's good or bad you know, I don't know how much of it's good, how much is bad. I'm going to accept my limitation there. And I'm just, cause one thing I'll tell you about pain that I'm, you know, I've learned to do, thank God is I don't like it. You know, I, I'll feel it. So I'm not denying it, but I don't fight against it. I take it. You know what I'm, I mean? Don't be afraid of pain. It just makes it worse. And it doesn't help you be afraid of an actual threat. Like if, if you have, um, you know, some beast pursuing you run, But I'm saying, don't be afraid of the pain. It will intensify it.
1: And realize when you are going through pain, that's where God will meet you.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of people
1: say, my God doesn't cause pain. My God doesn't cause suffering. But what what we're doing when we say that, we all have this image of this nice deity that serves us. You know, the God I believe in is a God of love. God doesn't care how I get my needs met, how I get my desires met, how we worship, how we live our lives. God is not so judgmental is really popular. Thing. Who said that? Who oh, said that?
0: Of oh, Jesus.
1: But the fact is that uh, God that's that's my self-serving, my self-absorbed God.
0: Yeah, that's me as God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But but the thing that got my attention and I'm sympathetic too. you know, you want to believe in a benevolent universe, but we also don't want to be naive.
1: Right. But Mm.
0: God doesn't care how I meet my, get my pleasures. Really. That's, that's an idea that's out there.
1: Mm -hmm. The fact is God himself, the second person of the Trinity, if you want to use Christian language, Uh suffered hunger, suffered poverty, suffered physical pain. He himself, was treated unfairly and died in prime of his life. But even more, he took upon himself the sin, the guilt, the loneliness, the shame, and the afflictions of the world in his death on the cross. That's the God we worship. Why would we be so caught up in ourselves?
0: Good question. I was was just thinking about that (laughs) instead. Yeah. You know, it's, condi- you know, a lot of it's conditioning, you know, we're taught that. I mean, look, I see it all the time. I see it with them, you know, anxious parents. I was a bad person, you know, I was all really worried about my firstborn status. Now, by the time you get the second one, you're so exhausted, you're like, ah, rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. Just, you know, but, but the first one is like, I, I don't want his feelings even getting hurt. Right. And then what happens is we become, um, there's this concept called anti-fragile. That's a bad thing, right? Because what if we create a fragile person, we create a scared person Mm -hmm. and so we've talked about stress isn't bad in and of itself it's just it's something we need to adapt to and if we don't get enough stress and test ourselves out we get weak and then that causes more fear the safer we are the more afraid we are Mm -hmm. that's just how it is because we want to preserve that that safety
1: i think because we've been preoccupied with ourselves but everything that we've said has shown us that's a lousy way to go
0: yeah, this is, this is good, Matt. I hope that our listeners are finding someone to talk to
1: mm-hmm.
0: about important things. You know, sometimes superficial things are okay to pass yeah. the time, but like to, to, to really like talk through and and, and have a dialogue uh, because it's not like it's not complicated out there. And if you think you have it figured out, then definitely find someone to talk to because they'll, they'll set you straight. When you listen yeah. to them, you know, we, we don't know them.
1: That would be my advice. Take a risk. Forget about yourself. Take a risk. You're going to be fine. Yeah, plug-in
0: yes and know this too you're not transparent to yourself there are things that i can't see in myself i can't the eye can't see the eyeball right mm-hmm. the hand can't grasp itself i don't know until i am with another person where i'm but also be humble enough to have some gratitude if someone corrects you and improves you in some way they haven't insulted you right right
1: if i'm not preoccupied with myself i think i could see that
0: Exactly. Yes.
1: Hey, listen, why don't we pray? Let's do. Almighty God, I thank you that, that when we pick our eyes up enough to see something beyond ourselves in the mirror or ourselves on our screen, Lord, there is so much more, so much more to you, so much more to us when we forget about ourselves. God, I pray that we would trust you with that. I pray, Lord, for people who are lonely. I pray for people who are fearful. And I pray, God, that you would help them to open themselves up to their identity in you. Lord, your word, Romans 8.1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, let us be done with that. You've taken care of it. So let us put our trust in you and let you deal with our self-condemnation, with our self-focus. And we're just going to trust you. We're going to enjoy ourselves in good ways that you have called us to because we're forgetting about ourselves. when It's not about meeting my own needs in some kind of sick way, but it's me enjoying myself as one in your image. Thanks so much for the fact that this lines up so incredibly powerfully spiritually psychologically and so we offer this whole thing to you in jesus name amen
0: amen if you like what you're hearing join us at patreon you can talk to us personally there get cool merchandise and exclusive video content and more just go to patreon.com and search for the shepherd and the shrink podcast You can get involved for as little as $1 a month.
1: Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to DrMartinFletcher.com.